Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, everybody. Jacob Centrum. I'm the managing editor at fearthefin.com here with Marcus White, staff writer at Fear the Fin. Hi. Uh, here on a wonderful Sunday morning, not watching the Rams, I assume, uh, getting their butts kicked by the Patriots. Hey, let's check. Uh, Alexa, what's the uh, score of the Rams game? Oh, I hate technology. Alexa. Uh, that's, that's fine. I didn't want to know anyway. Uh, so the Sharks are on a little bit of a – oh, losing 14 nothing, Great. Uh, the Sharks are on a little bit of a break until Wednesday when they host the Ottawa Senators, uh, and then I believe they go on the road after that. Um, I think that's right. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We've got a long, long enough break before that. So they uh, had a pretty good end to this uh, – to the, I don't know, a little longer than the quarter mark, 25 games through the season anyway, uh, you know, Sweeping a back-to-back and then uh, then beating the Canadians to, to close out, going on a little three-game win streak. Um, you know, despite losing Tomas Hurdle, obviously, and despite going without Melker Carlson and without Tommy Wingles for a little bit, and, you know, in spite of Martin Jones starting the season pretty poorly, the Sharks are in a really, really good spot now in first place in the Pacific. Um, you know, it feels they they look good, and it feels like it's a you know they're in a pretty good situation. What's kind of your your perspective on the Sharks at the, this point in the season? Yeah, they're I think they're definitely kind of uh you know coming together at the right time, so to speak. Um, Martin Jones has been phenomenal the last ten games. He's really looked really really good. Um, you know, still you know probably in the long run if you start him on the second night of a back-to-back that ends up not being a good decision, but with how well he's played lately, how well he played in Los Angeles, um, you know, DeBoer certainly was certainly looked like an okay decision uh, based on that. I think he's been great. I think they're, it's, it's really kind of amazing that they're um, maybe amazing is too strong of a word, but they, they really, they're playing very well. Um, but their depth is in such like flux. They, it seems like every night the, you know, with guys coming back from injury, players getting sent down, they're using a different bottom six forward group than they used the previous night. I mean, on on uh, Friday, uh, you know, Kevin LeBanc uh, played, but he, you know, got dropped down to the lineup by the end of the game. Uh, Ryan Carpenter came out the day game after scoring his first career NHL goal um, because Tommy Wingles was back. Um, and, you know, their, their depth is kind of in flux. And I, I think that's just... You know, I don't know if that's a product of injury, but I feel like that's going to be something we're going to see at least until Tomas Hurdle comes back. I think that bottom six is going to be very fluid until DeBoer finds a, finds a, a combination of, of two lines that he really, really likes. Um, I think he, he likes that third line, or at least it seems like he does with um, Bodker, Bodker, Tierney, and Donskoy. I think they're they're kind of a, they're going to remain there. And it looks like Melker Carlson, you know, now that LeBanc's been sent down may slide onto that second line. But, um, you know, the fourth line I think is going to be a mishmash of guys. We're, I don't think we're going to see a consistent fourth line for however many games that Tomas hurdles out. And I think they're, 
they're probably going to use that as an opportunity to evaluate some uh, some of their players, some of their existing players, and then some of their uh, young players in the lineup. So, it, I mean, they're you know they're fifteen nine and one, first place in the Pacific. You know, if you're at that point, the beginning of the December, without <laughs> arguably your most important player in Tomas Hurdle, that's that's a pretty good spot to be in, and. Uh, you know they've they've got they've got some opportunities to to pad on that lead with a few division games uh, coming up through the rest of the month. So they're in a, they're in a really really good spot. And um, I didn't really I wasn't sure they'd be in this good of a position without Tomas Hurdle. Yeah, I think uh, first of all, yeah, the Kevin LeBanc and Ryan Carpenter being sent down to the Barracuda yesterday. So they both played for the Barracuda in San Antonio last night. They play again at one o'clock today. Uh, today being Sunday. Uh, my guess is that one or both of them will get recalled before uh, Wednesday's game against uh, Ottawa. The Barracuda don't play again after Sunday until Thursday. So my guess is it was just a you know opportunity to get them some more some more game time. Um, if that is the case, I know that it seems like uh, maybe that second line is a kind of now a Couture Ward uh, LeBanc thing, maybe or maybe LeBanc goes to the fourth. It's been very fluid. It seems like. Uh, even it's really other than that top the the top line that captain line uh the, everything else has been kind of in flux maybe less so in game but over the course of the past three or four games we've seen kind of some movement among the bottom nine which is just code for the entire lineup <laughs> yeah. um so it's uh it's been kind of interesting to watch uh and i think another thing that's been interesting especially in that los angeles game is that the the Sharks didn't so much mix up their lines as they just really made a lot of really fluid line changes. And what I mean by that is that they didn't really do full wholesale changes very often. So it'd be like one guy goes out and then, you know, 20, 30 seconds and another guy goes out. And so what you end up seeing are things like, you know, uh, Pavelski and Thornton out there with Ward or, uh, you know, Don Scoy and LeBanc out there with a uh, tyranny or, you know, stuff like that, where it'd be like, huh, is this a new line? And it's like, well, no, not really. It's just one guy got stuck out on a long shift or, you know, uh, the play is going well. And so we're, we're keeping the puck in the zone. So we're trying to do something here. And I think that, that uh, whether that's a DeBoer thing or a player thing or, you know, whatever, whoever is helping to orchestrate that, I think that was something I was really impressed by is that they've done a really good job at just kind of being very, very fluid and very um, uh, flexible with the way that they've rolled out their lines. And I think that kind of rolls into that same mentality that DeBoer has had with the penalty kill, that idea that everybody's a penalty killer, that, any, that the, he's willing to use anyone out there. And I think that he wants that to be the case with his lines also. And I know that, you know, late in the games, uh, especially if the Sharks are trailing, you know, he'll, he'll bench his fourth line or shorten his bench if he feels like he needs to. But I know he wants to feel like, he can put out any line at any time, you know, uh, you know, given if it's a normal game situation. And I kind of like that the Sharks are taking on that, that identity to, to what it feels like is a really effective, uh, uh, to effective results. I feel like that makes it tough for other coaches, especially guys like Daryl Sutter, who really like to line match. It makes it tougher for them to do stuff like that because yeah, they can't see, oh, hey, here comes the, the uh, you know, the Couture line. Let's roll out, you know, so-and-so because it's not happening, you know, all, all in one go. And I kind of like that, uh, that, that fluidity to the lineup. Yeah, no, I agree. I think they're, I mean, it's, it's interesting. You mentioned the line matching DeBoer is not really a, uh, a line match kind of a coach. And I think it, it, 
when you're when you're going against a coach that is so like strict on wanting to match up lines, especially when you have the last change at home, I think that um, that really you know play it plays it. I think it plays into the Sharks' hands when when coaches really want to match up because I think they're you know they're the Sharks don't necessarily need to do that uh, in order to succeed. Um, you know, it's yeah. I think the the fluidity and flexibility is going to be key in Hurdle's absence. They have they. It's pretty much I think the only approach that they can take uh, now that he's gone. So it's you know it's going to be they've got a, they've got an interesting stretch coming up ahead. I mean they they've got a four game road trip not this week but next week they go Toronto, Ottawa, I think Chicago. I want to say and I think there's one more uh, stop on that road trip. So that'll that'll be kind of interesting to see. Uh, what happens there? I mean, only three games this week, um, Ottawa, and then a back-to-back with Anaheim and Carolina. Dell has already started against Carolina. Do you think he gets that home game uh, next Saturday? Uh, who knows? Normally I would say <laughs> yes, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm done guessing goalie stuff. Yeah. No, who knows? Well, I'd imagine because he played against Carolina, DeVore will feel comfortable using it there. I mean, he played sure. him against the Islanders um, at home. And, yeah, we're, we're both on the team uh, – give Dell more starts. Uh, Martin Jones is going to start yeah. every single game until I die. <laughs> every single game. Hey, it's if, he's playing, if he's playing like this, that wouldn't be the worst thing. I think um, – so they showed a stat in the the game on um, – was it Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday. That in like his last like nine games, that's was going – before the Tuesday game, he had like a nine – like 940 or 930-something save percentage. That's like – that's that's really good, and I think Jones. You know, we were a little concerned about his start to the year, but he's, I think he's been awesome the last ten games. I mean, there's a reason they named him the Sharks Player of the Month in November. He like, he's been very consistently good. That stretch, arguably the best stretch he's had. You know, maybe since the postseason. Certainly one of the best stretches I can remember him having in teal other than his start to the year last that's what i was going to say yeah probably uh other than his his start to you know his sharks tenure this has probably been his best stretch and i haven't looked at the numbers but that would just be my hunch that those are the that would be the competition to uh to that for sure yeah and i i think he's he's probably climbing i mean i haven't looked at the the five on five save percentage but i know he's pretty low to start the year i'd imagine he's 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 climbing up the charts yeah, it's getting oh, better. Right I know in uh, all all strengths, he was up to uh, 14th when I looked the other day. And that's good. Because he's been good on the power play this year, which is something he was not good in last year. Yeah. And I know that that's – I think that there's probably – well, there's obviously skill involved there, but I think a lot of that is kind of a small sample size, fluky type thing. And that's why uh, we typically look at even strength to really evaluate a goalie. But, you know, yeah, exactly. it never hurts to look at more information, obviously. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, yeah, he's been. So. I think he's been awesome. He's been, you know, he's been great for the, for the last month, and they've needed it. And uh, you know, they're, you know, the defense has been. I think you know, I, I, I'm sitting there and I'm realizing it, you know, more than ever. This has got to be the best defensive group they've ever had, right? Yeah, in franchise history for sure. Yeah, it's. Not I mean, I think the only group that compares is maybe that President's Trophy winning team when you had Rob Blake, Dan Boyle, Christian Erhoff. But even then, you know, Brad Lukowicz, Douglas Murray wasn't that good that season. And, uh, gosh, who, who else was on that? Who played with uh, – I'm only counting five. Who was the sixth? Right. I think the fact that you can't uh, really rem- – I, I can't remember the bottom pairing. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look them up. 
Stall while I look them up. Okay. Um, hmm. I think something that did stick out to me, though, is that near the end, and I think part of this is that they played so many freaking games in such a short period of time. Um, they played okay against the Kings. I think pretty well given that they were on a back-to-back, actually, especially. But yeah. they did not look very good at all against the Canadians. They really... Vlasic uh, is the other guy. Vlasic, of course. I oh, mean, that, right. But so this group is way better. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Um, so I, I think that, uh, yeah, I'd, like, I think probably partially it's fatigue, but uh, yeah, they, uh, the Canadians really outpossessed them pretty badly on, on Friday. And that's, yeah. um, I, I wouldn't say concerning again because of the fatigue and whatever, but the, if there's something that shouldn't happen is you should not be outpossessed by a Michelle Terry and coach team. That just should <laughs> not happen ever. How much of that was due to the score, though? Do you think them taking the two nothing lead? Were they outpossessed early too? Yeah, yeah. Um, and even when you adjusted for score, it was by like I a mean, substantial a, margin, a, a ton, like a ton. Yeah, yeah that's um, not a good sign. So yeah, that's not great. Uh, but you know, I mean, whatever. You, you can you can also just play a bad, uh, not great game. That's not the yeah, of course thing in the world. Um, Martin Jones played a stellar game, obviously, and I also and that's thought the encouraging th- thing too is if, if you're if you're gonna get out possessed on the rare nights that you do, if you have a goalie that can do what Martin Jones has done, I thought it was great. Uh, it was kind of a, a turnabout is fair play type deal where uh, the Canadians were the team that uh, dominated the possession battle and got beat by a hot goalie. So that must yeah. have been that yeah, must have been yeah. tough for them. But yeah. So welcome to how the rest of the NHL feels literally every single night. Yeah, that's that's tough shit, guys. <laughs> uh, no, exactly. Um, so I think uh, so. So I think the biggest uh, talking point for the Sharks at this point is really trying to figure out what they're going to do as far as the bottom six is concerned. Given the yeah. uh, who, it's really who who's getting called up from the Barracuda for Wednesday's game, or if anyone. I mean, I assume that somebody will. Uh, I thought that Ryan Carpenter played pretty darn well. I honestly think that he's he's better than Tommy Wingles at this point in the little bit of action that I've seen. Um, Wingles looked just very not good in the couple of games since he's been back from injury, in my opinion. Uh, in, the, in the game, I should say. Um, you know, really was not impressed at all. And I think Car- Carpenter's looked pretty good. Uh, LeBanc has been good and I feel like should probably get more minutes than he's getting right now. Yeah, uh, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to calling up Timo Meyer at this point because the Sharks could still use more scoring. Um, yeah, I think it just kind of depends. A lot of this depends on how DeBoer is going to deploy his his the group who he's going to play if, if they get called up. You know, if he's still going to play, you know, a uh, a Haley Carpenter LeBanc fourth line, then okay, you know, whatever, you know, it, it doesn't really make much of a difference to be honest. But yeah. if they're going to be committed to really having a four line team, then maybe it, you know, it is time to try to give a guy like, like Meyer a shot. And if so, it probably, well, it certainly won't be on the first line. Like we had talked about at the beginning of the season, because that right. top line has been so good. It'll be somewhere else. So what's well, your maybe uh, the opportunity is with, uh, is with Logan and Joel Ward. Yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's the open spot. You know, they've, they've tried the there. They played Carlson there late uh, in the game against um, Los Angeles. They didn't, they played him there late in the game against uh, Arizona on Tuesday. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think they make that change to put Carlson there late unless 
DeBoer was fully convinced that LeBanc was in that spot. Um, so maybe that's the spot they try him in. I think they, I think they like, you know, you mentioned the fluidity. I think they like the third line, the way it's constructed now with Bodker, uh, Tierney and Donskoy. And like you said, a fourth, a fourth line opportunity for him. You might as well just keep him in the AHL. Right. He's going to only play a handful of minutes, but like you said, if they're committed to going to rolling four lines and they could with Timo Meyer, maybe you try a, a young line of, um, you know, Meyer, Carpenter, and LeBanc. The the issue right. there, of course, is the the cap space concern, which you know San Jose doesn't have a ton of. So you're probably looking at an either or situation with um although with, with Hurdle's injury now they may have enough flexibility to call up uh, and they, if they uh if they waive Tommy Wingles though they might get enough uh get enough relief from that. I'm gonna look right now. I think if they waive if they waive Wingles, only like five hundred seventy five thousand of his money can or some basically like just above league minimum can um, apply. Yeah, because of the so right now the Sharks have five hundred thirteen thousand dollars in cap space according to cap friendly. So the 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 hurdle on LTIR move has really uh, is he even on LT? Yeah, he is on LTIR. Yeah, that, that allowed for them to call up Carpenter. I don't think it gives them enough space. Uh, to call up somebody else, so I I think with LeBanc and uh, and actually that's even without that doesn't even have Carpenter and LeBanc up on the team uh, right now. Uh, that's with them both sent down, both in the AHL. So you know they're they're in a they're in a tenuous salary cap situation. I can honestly see them, you know, they love to acc- accrue the cap space as much as possible, and I think that's as big a reason why as Carpenter and LeBanc were sent down was to you know, accrue that daily cap space and get them some game time. Uh, so maybe they wait uh, before calling one of those guys up. They're at 12 forwards right now. One, at least one of them is going to come back up for, um, for the next, uh, for the next, for their next game against uh, Ottawa on Wednesday. Cause you know, but with 12 healthy forwards outside of them, I'm not sure. I, I think they should call up both of them. I think, like you said, I think Carpenter has earned a look at the fourth line center spot. I think he's, He's been really good there. Uh, you know, scored his first NHL goal a couple of days ago for crying out loud. I think I'd, I'd like to see him get more of an extended look. Um, yeah, but maybe, maybe it is Meyer. If they're, if they're satisfied with Tommy Wingles as a fourth line center, I think you could absolutely, I could absolutely see Timo Meyer getting called up and getting a chance to play with, uh, you know, Logan Couture and Joel Ward. So they've got, they've got a lot of options, but I think they're going to call up at least, at least one young player um, ahead of Wednesday's game. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be kind of interesting to see to see what they do. And uh, yeah, I think that that saving the ca- salary cap space is the biggest reason we saw those guys uh, saw those guys moved. I mean, another guy that uh, is just sitting up here eating up ca- salary cap space is uh, Dylan DeMello. Yep. You know. Yep. Just literally wasting space, and it's like it is time to do something. You know, at this yeah. point, you know, as much as I want to get value for him, I don't. Just put him on waivers. Just put him yeah, on. Yeah, I. It, it's over. You're it's going to depend gonna... on. It's that's going to depend on how they feel. I think about Tim Heed because I think we could all agree they're going to lose a defenseman in the expansion draft. And if they think yeah. if they think Tim Heed can fill in for one of those guys, then they'll they'll waive Demello. But I think they, I, I'd I'd imagine they're keeping him up because. A for the insurance, just to have the bodies in practice too, because they've been they've been light on bodies. And when you have 
you have older defensemen like you want. I mean, you know, Paul Martin's 30. Eh, they're not really that old on the back end other than Martin and Burns. Everybody's under 30 otherwise. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think, though, that they're uh, – they're, they're w- because it, it is it is getting a little a little ridiculous at this point, um, the fact that they're the fact that he's not playing. And DeBoer DeBoer joked on uh, was it Friday because Demello and Bodker had like a really awkward collision, and DeBoer joked that Demello probably should have tried to take out one of the other defensemen to try and get in the lineup. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give him any ideas, Pete. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think it's probably getting to a point where they've got to make a decision on him. They can't. They cannot commit six hundred and fifty thousand dollars to a practice player. Yeah, right? no. they yeah. could go to Sharks Ice tomorrow, find yeah. a big dude, say, "Hey, you want fifty grand a year to that play practice with the Sharks?" Hey, Jake, that might be uh, that might be illegal. They might well, they might not be able to sign that guy to it. That's like an emergency thing when the goalie gets hurt and you sign the San Jose State goalie to be your backup. You, you can't uh, you can't just uh, pay a guy to be on a practice squad like in the uh, NBA or uh, NFL or I don't something. Think, Why not? I don't think so. Uh, just do it under the table. Then. Whatever. Totally, the yeah. We won't we won't tell anybody. It's fine. Then Pete can go out there and do it. Then it's fine. Yeah. It'll be fine. Could you imagine? That'd be so but, funny. Or okay. New idea. You go, you find a big dude at Shark Sites. You say, hey, would you like to be an assistant defense coach for the San Jose Yeah, no, I, mean, that's, I was going to say, that's what they did when Jones didn't participate in the morning skate. Johan Hedberg threw on the pads right. and played See? goalie. So there you they, go. They could always do that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, it's, it's coming close to a time where they're going to probably. It's ridiculous. It's not just ridiculous make like, from a Sharks perspective. It's more ridiculous because, like, listen, this kid's got to go somewhere and play. Yeah, you can't keep doing this because he's not part of the team's future, in my opinion, anymore. Because he's not going to play next year either. Because I kind of feels like Tim Heed's probably better than him. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Tim Heed's older. Uh, yeah, they, the thing about Demello is that they they really don't have a ton of a ton of like outstanding depth in the AHL in terms of defensemen. Not a lot of standout guys. So I I think you then want to ac- accumulate and accrue as many guys as possible that could play in the NHL. But yeah, it, it is getting like, cause they've just been, so, I think the thing too, is they've been so healthy so far. And that that's kind of surprised me that, you know, the only games he's gotten in are because of sickness. Um, you know, cause Paul Martin has a bit of an injury history. Burns has missed games to injury. Vlasic missed games last year. Um, I, I think though, I, I can imagine him, him, not liking the situation, but I, I still think they're going to keep him. I think they're going to hold on to him just just in case, you know, for injury. Because I, I think injuries are going to happen at some point, sooner rather than later, you know. But I feel like even if that's the case, then you call up, you know, Tim Heed. And then that's they, true. Uh, I but just he, feel like, well, well, how many NHL teams do this right. where they have a guy that just sits in the press box every night in case? I think Matt Irwin did it last year in Boston. I think he only played like four games, but he was on a one-way contract, so I think he he wow. barely played all year. Um, it's it's far from ideal. Um, it feels they, like maybe this is something the NHL needs to take a look at to fi- like as a just a fix from a structural perspective. Yeah, so that just no, sucks that he's not getting games. I, think, I I'm I sure think, he'd prefer. I mean, like the Sharks would be. Perfectly happy at this point to pay him his NHL salary and let him play with the Barracuda. But they don't want to lose him for free. Right, and right. I, I, I know. I, I think a team will. Like, right, exactly. A team's going to claim him. I mean, right, I know. 
yeah. I've I've got to look at cap friendly and see who's got space, but I'm just thinking in the division. Well, some with, of this it's six hundred fifty grand. Everybody's got space. Yeah, you're gonna That's you're gonna make right. you're gonna take a chance on that on a twenty three year old defenseman yeah, exactly. who's shown yeah. what he's shown. And it chances are it'll be someone in the division, and that's the thing. I don't think they want to lose him. You know, Calgary could probably use him. They're playing Derek England a lot for crying out loud. I mean, yeah. Edmonton could probably use him, and then there's teams in the East too. He got to think a trade should be on the way, though. I think you know maybe you package you could package Nieto and Demello together to get to get something some small you know bottom six piece because it's it, it is i agree with you it is it is getting a little ridiculous at this point they need uh, i mean if i'm the sharks i i prioritize trying to get some picks yeah that yeah. could and that yeah. could i mean they don't have their second round pick this year or next year and i think you pack <laughs> if they get if they get above a, a, a fourth round pick it'll be a miracle They're, if you package opinion. the two together though i think you can get maybe you know they don't have a third in 2018 either i think if you package the two of them you could get you could get a second round pick. I mean, it's two players for that cheap. That's who's the GM in Pittsburgh. The ah, uh, no, it's not. The no, it's Jim Rutherford's not going to do it. <laughs> um, right, right, right. Maybe, maybe. I mean, maybe New Jersey. Like they, they've got space. They've got they. They certainly have a need on the blue line. I think with Adam Larson gone. Um, although, as you mentioned, you know, you said watching him last night. Like, how could you trade him for Taylor Hall? I, I agree completely. Especially because Hall's probably been. New Jersey's best player this season by that far. is such a baffling trade that is <laughs> like I mean it was I thought it was pretty pretty dumb but I could rationalize it at the time and watching him play last night like oh never mind that was that I mean was my hot possibly. take is that Edmonton's in the same position if Taylor Hall is there this year right I don't I don't think Larson's I mean they're getting good goaltending from Cam Talbot I think that's as big of a difference as any as of their turnaround and I think if Hall's there their possession numbers may even be better Oh, Larson has not uh, been good. Yeah. They've given up a lot of goals with him on the ice, and he's got like nine points or something despite playing with McDavid almost exclusively, which is like you should be able to just luck into points with him on the ice. Wow. So yeah. Larson's been the defenseman deployed with McDavid most of the time? That's, uh, that's, what, uh, that's what I was reading. I believe it was uh, uh, Kaylin or Kojo MP that was tweeting that last night, and she's a pretty reliable source. Well, sharks are going to see them in in less than three weeks now. A couple days before Christmas. That's that's probably the game I have I have circled on for this month. Uh, this week, though, I mean, Ottawa's going to Ottawa's going to be interesting to see on Wednesday. I'm I'm interested to see. Well, because they're over. I don't know if they're overperforming. Are they? I haven't looked at their numbers. Yes, I don't they know. Are. If, Absolutely. You know, yeah, that. So that's yeah, I follow a few a few Ottawa people on uh, on Twitter and. Uh, they definitely have that. Yeah, it's like this. Uh, the way I, I visualize it, it's like um, it's like the Matrix, right? You know, it's like once you've taken the pill, you know, you can't just be happy your team is winning because you know that the team is bad, you know, and you yeah. can go back to where you were just happy the team was winning and you didn't know the team sucked. Yeah. So it's, it's like it's like that where it's like, huh, the team is winning, but they seem kind of unhappy. And then like now it's like having experienced that before, obviously with other teams, like, oh, it's because – because the team's not good, right? Okay, I mean, and maybe they're not terrible, but they're not great. That's. I mean, sure. they are in terms of scoring venue adjusted. Corsi, they're twenty seventh in the league. So they're bad. All right, I take it back. Venue adjusted Fenwick, they are twenty fourth. <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm excited to see Eric Carlson though. I think you know they're that's going to be he's he's a guy you 
you circle the calendar for. I think that the Burns Carlson matchup will be fun. Um, you know, they run that one three one neutral zone trap with Guy Boucher there, so it'll be interesting to see that. Um, you know, it'll be it'll be a good test for the Sharks, and that's I mean, Carlson's one of the best, you know, one of if not the best defenseman on the planet. Uh, and Ottawa's playing well, so you know, if they if they are out possessed by this team, it'll be another worrisome uh, sign. And then you know, obviously, a game against the Ducks is always big. That's going to be that's going to be interesting to see. We we were talking about it before the show. They are uh, the Randy Carlisle effect uh, seems to be fairly real uh, in Anaheim. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, in terms of a drop in uh, you know in puck possession numbers, which is you know I think largely. Should have been expected um, with him in charge. But, Hired you know, Randy Carlisle and signed Jared Bull. So, yeah, that those two things. <laughs> and not just signed Jared Bull, but played him. I mean, they're not even just playing him like just – they're not playing him every night. But, right. I mean, more than I thought they would even, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that'll, that'll happen, friends. Uh, and then I think if that back-to-back you said, right, is against the, uh, the Carolina Puck Possessioners. The Carolina Puck Carolina Corsi. Yeah, Carol. Yeah. They, I mean, they, look, they're fifth in score and venue adjusted. Uh, uh, Corsi, they're twelfth in score and venue adjusted. Fedwick, they're. I mean, I haven't looked at their number. I don't know how their goaltending is doing. Um, terrible. Yeah, that, it is as terrible. Expected, as expected. Spoiler, spoiler alert. So Are they have they been able to score a lot this year though. Not really. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they're, they I mean, they're have- getting. They don't go have – they're kind of like the Kings, you know, in that they don't have high-end forwards, really. They don't yeah. have that, that guy. Like, you know, that's to me is the biggest problem with the Kings right now is that other than, like, Tyler Toffoli, that's the biggest thing, reason they're hurting right now, I think, is losing Milan Lucic really hurts because the Kings don't really have any scorers, you know. And so I think, the, the Canes have F. Skinner with 20 points, Victor okay. Rask with 18, third is Sebastian Ajo with 11. Holy – who, I don't know who that is. Yeah, he's a Finnish. He was drafted this year, Finnish guy. Tevo Teravainen has 10 points. Lee Stempniak has 10 points. Lee Stempniak's played for 11 teams in his NHL Whoa, career. Wait, Lee Stempniak is, the, is tied for fourth in points for them? Yeah, Lee Stempniak, yeah, with 10 in 24 games. Oh, man. And they, they, they're score, they, do not, they do not score a lot. Um, that, that's... Like that's a problem. Clustered at like seven points. Like there you are. Yeah, it hasn't been a great. Uh... And then, if, so let's look at their goal. Cam Ward is actually having a good year. He's got a nine nineteen save percentage. He's he's been okay. Uh, Eddie Wack has an eight fifty six, and Michael Layton has an eight ninety three. I didn't realize Michael Layton had gotten games. Yeah, I think um, Eddie Lack is hurt right now. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, what happened to Eddie Lack, man? Uh, I've I've heard some stories about uh, Carolina breaking Eddie Lack, uh, changing the way that he his style and stuff. Really, and it's like it's really uh, hurt him a lot. That's the yeah. the hot rumor that I've heard. Who is their goaltending coach? I do I do not remember actually. Has he been there a long time? Like, yes, as far as I'm aware. So he's been David Marcou has been there for the last like two seasons. Three. This is his third season with the team. He coached Kiprasov in uh, Calgary. Hmm. That going for him. 
Uh, and it's also, you know, goal, goalies are weird. They, a lot of them obviously have private coaches, and well, all of them have some kind of a private coach also. Yeah. So, you know, who knows? A lot of the work done is done in the off season, so it's yeah. hard to say what the deal is in that uh, realm. Also, I know we talked about that road trip that they've got coming up. Uh, the Sharks, yeah. that's a full Eastern Canada road trip where they'll play the Habs again. For the okay, that's right. The they play the Habs. They played the Habs for Star Wars Day, and then they play the Habs the day Rogue One comes out. I remember looking at the schedule and seeing that. So. Okay, well, so that's a game we're both going to be missing. That I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> Tough. What are you going to do? Okay, I, I, last oh, year, I got, I got seven out of the way at midnight, so I was able to watch the game against Ottawa when they played. All right. It's uh oh yeah it's a uh, oh, okay right yeah that's a good call it's a uh, but that'll be a four o'clock game so I should be fine yeah you're you're gonna be good uh I, they're actually in Toronto the day after I leave Toronto so that was a really really good, yeah that was good scheduling on my part I <laughs> great job great job Jake yeah I'm I'm really really good at this I I think I did this last year also oh but we should uh, before we head out we should talk about how was covering the Kings game what was that what was the experience oh like? yeah uh, well visitors? like um I uh ate some free popcorn and had three or four cups of uh King's coffee that was pretty good um press box is really nice it's ginormous uh that was fun it was good it was you know got to hang out with a friend of the blog Kevin Kurz we got to uh fight about uh Nikolai Goldobin a little bit that was a pleasure as always <laughs> um the uh, you know it was a it was a good experience. It's uh you know it's, it was nice to see the sharks live for the first time this year because it was their first trip to Southern California, which is wild that it took them until after Thanksgiving to come down here. So that's that's crazy to me that it took that long. Um, so yeah, it was great. It was nice. I got to uh, talk to Brent Burns about pizza after the game. That was good. I tried to uh, bait Logan Couture and the the shit talking Drew Doughty, and he wouldn't. You asked it. him the Doughty question. Oh yeah. I, well, awesome. I, yeah, no, I asked him, uh, you know, I did it. I asked him, well, I stood there waiting for, oh my God, it felt like 15 minutes of people asking him boring questions uh, before I was able to ask him, you know, hey, so did you know when you took that empty net shot? Well, I asked him first, were you shooting? Um, and he said, you know, no, I was just trying to clear the puck out. I said, oh, well, did you know, you know, that it was Dowdy trying to keep it out after? Yeah. And so he, you know, cracks this big smile, obviously. He's like, oh, oh no, you know. Uh, <laughs> Not until I saw it on the replay, but, uh, you know, I, and he kind of takes a second. He's like, oh, I, I got a chuckle out of it. And, uh, and so I asked him, uh, oh, so, you know, is that, I know you guys have a lot of history together, obviously, both, you know, playing uh, against each other and even, you know, from when you were younger, is that something, is it, you know, you especially enjoy, you know, getting the better of him on that play? And, you know, still just super big smiles, like, oh, no, 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 no. Mm, yeah, no. of course. Yeah, and it goes into this, you know, his boilerplate answer or whatever. But the answer is obviously, oh yes, oh, I mean, of course, ab- you know absolutely. He, you know what he said after the after the Sharks won the series? Yes. He said this. He basically called out Drew Doughty for saying the you could see it in their eyes that they were going to lose. Thing mm-hmm. like you know, like you knew, it. and then I, Drew I Doughty thought, said, "I'm actually better friends with Corey Perry." Like, oh, good. Well, that's great. That's actually the best news I've ever heard. Good. You scumbags can go be friends together. And then they hug out. And then they hug out in, uh, apparently, they hug out in, uh, at the world, the world championships or the world cup a lot together. Excuse me. Couture and Dowdy did, which I'm I'm not surprised by because they were friends. So for Dowdy to be like, well, actually, like, we're not. Like, what a crybaby. Yeah. Hockey players sometimes. Good Lord. It's just the worst. Uh, That's, That's good. 
Yeah, I'm glad that was, you enjoyed the experience. Yeah, yeah, that was a highlight. That and uh, Brent Burns uh, uh, not not enjoying the uh, the LA Kings pizza. He was not a not a fan <laughs> at all. My guess, honestly, is that it was just like Aramark pizza. Which, oh, I'd imagine. Yeah, it's whatever pizza they had in the in the building. Which, like, sure. I uh, you know, I asked him like, oh, well, where's the pizza from? He's like, I don't know, and he like gestures towards the box. I'm like. Dude, you've been playing here for five years. You don't just like <laughs> order from a place. Like, yeah. you know, I told him, it's like, dude, I could pull up Yelp if you want. I, I know of a couple of pizza places around here. And he just kind of like, oh, whatever. And I was like, well, <laughs> you, you are worth millions of dollars. You could order. No, he's like, I'll take pizza. the, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't get to being worth that much without having the Aramark pizza, you know? Uh, he has a place though in San Jose though, which I was, I've got, I got to try it out. I'm going to try it this week. Okay, great. Okay, please uh, give give us a review after you. I'll do a, I'll do a food review. Yeah, absolutely. I should I should do that. That'd be good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, get it with lots of uh, lots of meat and stuff on it. I assume that's what yeah, he does. Yeah. So. Good. Oh, hey. Also, uh, so I think this ends the serious portion. <laughs> the part about pizza was serious, obviously. Yes. Um, I, I promised one of our faithful listeners that uh, we have a a list here of a. Uh, 27 uh, Pop-Tart flavors that we're going to be assigning to San Jose Shark. So if you're not interested in this incredible wow. content, okay. then uh, you don't have to listen to this anymore. But uh, okay. if you are, then you should stick around because this is actually going to be incredible. Are you I'm ready? not a big Pop-Tart guy, so my expertise may not be... Well, that's okay. I'm going to give you the flavor, and then you just okay. come up with the first point. I'm also not. I mean, I like s'mores Pop-Tarts, and that's basically it. Uh, okay. So, you know, I say the flavor and then we'll come up with the first player that comes to our mind. And this is going to go, I think, extremely well. Yes. Uh, we'll do our best not to double up players, but I'm not going to make any promises because 27 is a lot of Pop-Tarts. All right. Uh, <clears throat> okay. Uh, unfrosted brown sugar cinnamon. That's got to be Matt Nieto, right? Because it's, uh, I mean, un- yeah, yeah, that makes sense because this guy, I like the, I feel like there's like a Long Beach connection there. It's also unfrosted because he's a no frills player. He is the, uh, he's the spark plug as uh, Poppy Levitard called him. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, right. And Cinnamon because he's because uh, he's Latino, right? So yes. Sure. Mateo At- Nieto. Mateo. Uh, would it be a jersey foul to get a, a jersey that says Mateo Nieto on the back? I mean, I Not guess if, uh, if Gonzalo Levitard wore it on Highly Questionable. Oh, my God. If I had $200 to spare, I would absolutely <laughs> mail him one of those. Yeah. He would totally wear it if we sent him one. There, I have, like, literally no doubt in my mind that he would wear it. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm going to see if I can make that happen. All right. All right. How about a, a printed fun sugar cookie? What the is that printed fun that is the worst i'm i'm doing a google search to see what this is this is the worst thing i've ever heard printed of. fun I'm, sugar cookie i mean my first thought is probably tomas hurdle but um yeah no terrible. yeah I, I, I was gonna say like fun fun must be always next question right oh my god wow these are don't don't look it up these are terrible um okay moving on wait what the hang on there's another 25 brown sugar cinnamon. What's the difference? We just yeah, did no, that. We, I, next, I, next, next. Yeah, hot fudge Sunday. Oh, uh, hmm. hot fudge Sunday. Uh, so it's a, it's well, a staple, a classic. Joe Thorpe, right, right. That's a you know, okay. he's a classic. Yeah, that's hot true. fudge right. Sunday. 
whether it's a pop tart, whether it's ice cream, that is a classic staple of dessert. Uh, I got to go with Joe Thornton. All right, I'm into it. Uh, let's see. Oh, chocolate chip cookie dough. This is a good one. Oh, let's see. Oh, man, there are a couple guys I could think of. Oh, oh, wait, how about Tommy Wingles? I think that's a good one because he looks like a kindergartner. <laughs> and uh, he's his, he has the name of a seven year old. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That sounds good. That yeah. works for me. Um, okay. Oh, oh, this is an easy one. So confetti cupcake. So uh, we all know that the uh, the party hat emoji is exclusively related to Joe Ward, and obviously confetti party hat. Yep. So this has got to be Joel Ward's because yep. nobody nobody has a party like a Joel Ward party. Because look, Joel if you Wardy. tweet game blouses after you knock out your rival in the Western <laughs> Conference playoffs, you you get the you get the party. <laughs> Oh man! There's a pancake oh, flavor. We may need to change it just for him tweeting game blouses. Uh, that's a, you're totally right. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! Let's see. All right, red velvet. Well, the author of this post didn't know what red velvet was. Really, really? What the? Who is this person? So red velvet is a flavor that you know I think has been around for a while, but has really come into its own lately. I'm going to give it to Brent Burns. You know, Brent Burns has been in the league oh, for a nice. long time. Brent yeah. Burns has been in the league for a while now, but over the last couple of years has really established himself as a premier defenseman. You know, he, you know, Red Velvet's had some experimentation flavoring in the past. Brent Burns played forward. I'm going to go with Brent Burns here. All right. I like it. Uh, how about peanut butter? This is also kind of a classic one. Patrick Marlowe. Oh, bland, God. Yeah, it simple. totally is. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that you're right. That's so easy too, and it's just like <laughs> so plain. And it's like, and honestly, would it surprise you at all if Patrick Marlowe goes home after a game and eats six peanut butter sandwiches, like just that, and a gallon of milk? That's all, and then goes to bed. Yeah, he's a he's a Saskatchewan farm boy, you know. I, yeah, exactly. I yeah, he has a cow out back. His uh, wife milks it before yep. he comes home. He uh, drinks the fresh gallon of milk yep. and uh, eats the peanut butter sandwiches, and then goes. Is to she bed. still active on Twitter? She has a she has a great Twitter account. Uh, yes, uh, she is. Uh, I think she, she follows uh, Fear the Fin on Twitter and has uh, been unhappy when we any time we've ever tweeted any uh, trade rumors about him. Really? Uh, yeah. Call this out, or she's called out the yeah. The media I general. mean, I think like because it's not like we're starting the rumors. I think she's right. more like a general like, oh, who's starting these rumors? Or yeah. So. I've always enjoyed her tweets whenever the Marlow trade rumors come up because she's just like, no, like we don't want to leave. Like we're fine. Like I'm like, okay, I'll take her word. <laughs> I would love uh, love it for one time for her to say, yes, San Jose is terrible. There's yeah. no nightlife. All the restaurants close at nine thirty. <laughs> It's all chains. This is the worst city in the world. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> I just gave her the follow on Twitter. She's a good follow. Should have been following her. Oh, man. All right, how about Blueberry? Um, <laughs> blueberry. My um, first thought was, and I don't have a reason for this, so as it was Brendan Dillon. Yeah, I had uh, the same first thought. I don't know why. Oh, okay, then done. All right, Sneaky it's over. Good. Thank you. Kind of a fun <laughs> flavor. Like, you get to know it a little bit. Like, you know, a little yeah. unassuming at first. Yeah, let's go with Blueberry. Yeah. All right. I feel like kind of an underrated fruit also. And I feel like yeah, Brendan very Dillon underrated is fruit. definitely underrated. Yeah. So, all right. Oh, hey, we got another fruit. This one is a, is a staple of the Pop-Tart uh, cabinet of flavors. Not one I'm a fan of, but strawberry. This is like, you know, one of the, the big ones. Um, well, if it's a staple and you're not a fan of it, shouldn't it be Michael Haley? <laughs> Shut up. 
Uh, okay, fine. Michael Haley could be strawberry. It's done. Uh, <laughs> how about uh, how about chocolate fudge? Uh, now we did hot fudge Sunday, but this is, and I can vouch for this being a significantly different flavor. Yeah, no. So uh, okay, just to be clear for anyone who's not a, a pop tart eater, this so is a rich very flavor, really right? good. Yes. Um, you can eat this one toasted or not toasted, which makes it very versatile, and I really like that with a pop tart. Okay, so who's um, a who's a versatile player? Huh. Ooh. Uh, yeah. How about Eunice Donskoy? Because I like yes. you know you could play him literally anywhere in the lineup, and he would any such a penalty kill power play. Yep, absolutely. You could play him in any of the four lines with any uh, any center, and he would be great. And I like yeah. That. Oh, that that's a good one. And chocolate. Good. I hear chocolate, and I think, oh yeah, that's great. And I think Eunice Donskoy, and I think. Sharks oh, yeah. first ever Stanley yeah. Cup game-winning goal. And it's yeah. like, boom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, oh, there you go. Donskoy. <laughs> oh, man. I need that on a t-shirt. Why haven't we done that yet? Yeah, we should. Oh, missed opportunity. Um, okay. This next one is cookies and cream. And the person mentions this is essentially a Hydrox flavor before saying this is essentially an Oreo flavor. So this is one of those people, I guess. <laughs> um Tough. I hate the internet. So. I, I like cookies and cream as a as another like classic, any kind of thing flavor. Another staple. One of my favorites, but I might not list it as a favorite. Uh, you know, if you're thinking favorite players, uh, I'm gonna go Mark Edward Vlasic here. Cookies Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, right. It's the one that people are like. Oh, what? Uh, don't you like cookies and cream? Like, oh no, of course I like. Cookies yeah, of and course. Cream. Oh, Jeez, I just died. It's, it's like so when you, you think of the best defenseman in the league. You're not necessarily listing cookies and cream. You're not listing Mark Edward Vlasic. But right. then someone's like, well, actually, cookies and cream has yeah, the best you analytics like- numbers. And you're like, oh, yeah, I love cookies and cream. Cookies and cream is great, yeah. <laughs> I'm totally not a poser. I love cookies and cream. Jeez, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, whoa, love cheese. Yeah. I feel like I'm getting called out out here. Yeah, hey. <laughs> okay, now this one uh, I have a pretty strong opinion on. We've, we've finally gotten to the s'mores, which is, in my opinion, the only truly great pop tart flavor, and my okay. favorite of all time. It's uh, not just a, a classic of of pantries all over this great nation. It's a it's a it's a classic of my childhood. And for this, I feel like it has to be Joe Pavelski because it symbolizes uh, one of five good things about the United States of America. And Joe Pavelski also symbolizes one of the other five great things yes. about the United States of America. Yes. So to me. This is a no-brainer. Joe Pavelski, s'mores, it's a done deal. It's over. I like it. Yeah, that's great. Uh, he's another staple, another classic, Joe Pavelski. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's see. We've got, uh, oh, <laughs> wildlicious wild, exclamation point, berry. I guess this is how you sell stuff to kids, <laughs> but I, I, <laughs> I think they get it. I mean, they're Wild berry. So Wild. So this is a, a molten, sticky, red berry center. Okay. Uh, okay. This is something a marketing executive would call extreme. Wow. Huh. Uh, it had crazy blue frosting. Uh, oh, kind okay, of all yeah. over the place. So this is the one that had uh, like that like purpley frosting with like the blue you okay. know, stripe on it. And was either, yeah. Okay. So all over the place, kind of a crazy flavor made in a laboratory somewhere. So if we hadn't used uh, Brent Burns, obviously. Right. Now, now, now we're regretting that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, oh, man, let's see. Let's, uh, let me think. Um, 
Hmm. Well, that being said, though, now I'm going to go back to something a marketing executive would call extreme. Um, I kind of like the idea that, uh, you know, thinking of a, a Sharks player that would have been dreamt up by an NHL executive. And to me, that has to be Logan Couture. I was just about to say Logan Couture. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it's like, hey, you know, listen, he gives good quotes, has good sellies, scores a lot. Yeah. Doesn't get in trouble in the media. Yeah. yeah. You know, I like it. Lone Couture is wild, licious, wild, exclamation point, Barry. Yeah, I like it. Done. I'm sorry, Logan. Uh, all right. How about Raspberry? Oh, this is a good one because, uh, I mean, raspberries are good. I don't know about raspberry Pop-Tarts because, yeah, whatever. But, uh, wow. Uh, the, the, it has a picture of the box here, and it says on it, baked with real fruit. So now I'm kind of concerned. Does that mean the other ones are not baked with <laughs> real fruit? I, mean, I, I guess I didn't have that label. Okay, well, I guess I don't want to know. I don't. That's a very underrated fruit, I think. Yeah, and I and see, it's also I think partially because it's a little expensive, but it's 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 worth the price that you pay for it, you know. Yeah. Um, and you know, maybe you regret spending all that money and eating a whole thing of raspberries in one sitting say. down the road. It's absolutely worth it. So it's got to be Paul Martin for yep. me. Yep. 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 That was. That was great. On, the moment I, you said down the road, I'm like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm predictable, but that, Paul Martin is a raspberry. Yeah. No, that's a great – he kind of looks like a raspberry. Yeah. Actually, it kind of does, which is the nicest thing anyone has ever said about Paul Martin's physical appearance. No, no, no. He's got good flow. That's nicer. <laughs> okay. He has okay flow. Yeah. He's got sure. Minnesota flow. That facial hair is – he just looks I mean, Minnesota. Like, you, you look at him, you're like, yeah, he's from Minnesota, for sure. Like, he looks like an know, extra in the background if, of Miracle. If you told me, oh, no, you know what, who he is, actually? Uh, he actually played uh, Marty McFly's uh, great-great-great-grandfather in the third <laughs> Back to the Future. Like, yes! Yeah. I knew I recognized that guy from somewhere. He does look like Seamus McFly, yeah. Absolutely, he does. He should dress up as him for Halloween. I'll send him a uh, – but he probably doesn't have Twitter because he's old. <laughs> anyway, I'll write him a letter. Yeah, exactly. What he uses. Uh, all right, uh, moving on. How about a uh, uh, cherry? So this is a, another another classic. Um, it's fine. It's good, even sometimes I think a little overrated, but uh, you know, it's a staple of the of the lineup, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with Chris Tierney because I feel like staple yeah. of the lineup. Maybe a little overrated at times, but he's definitely, I think, well, first of all, I would just want to say that he's definitely improved a lot this season. I like yes. this Tierney a lot. But, uh, yeah. And uh, also, it's, they both start with a C and a CH. Oh my yeah, God. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe at times, maybe, and this is not a knock on him, maybe like a little overhyped, but at the same time, like hard to argue he hasn't lived up to the hype this year. Agreed. I'm, I'm with you on that. Oh, wow. This is... I have not heard of this flavor, but wow, this actually sounds like it might be good. Uh, chocolatey strawberry. I mean, the the only way to a, a really good way to improve strawberry is chocolate. Yeah, I mean that that seems like a good idea. Uh, so whoever came up with that, right? Good, good. Hadn't heard there. a lot about it. Sounds good, David Schlemko. I was just gonna say that. Yes. Yeah, oh, hadn't man, heard a lot absolutely. about it before the season. You know, kind of vaguely remember him from his time in Arizona. Came on the yep. scene last year in New Jersey, as good as advertised this year, David Schlumpko. Boom. Done. Yeah, that was an easy one. Uh, 
Let's see. So this one, the next one is chocolate chip. We already did chocolate chip cookie dough. Are we skipping this or do you want to do it? What, what yeah, we can do it. We can okay, do it. Right, right. But there's the sharks that don't have, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, so I do have a, I have a guy for this. So oh, you do? Tommy Wingles was very easily chocolate chip cookie dough. But when I think like chocolate chip, you know, and I, like the mental image that comes to my head immediately is, is Martin Jones. Um, because while I th- think of Tommy Wingles, I do think of a big vat of salmonelli chocolate chip cookie dough. But when I think of Martin Jones, it's more like a, a sapia toned, you know, uh, taking cookies out of a freshly, uh, out of yeah. a hot oven. Yeah. You know, cooling on a rack on the counter. That's Martin Jones. You know, more At steamy. worst, it's going to be solid. At best, it might be the best thing you've ever had. Exactly. Right? That's, I mean, oh my God, the next one is another wild, licious, wild. <laughs> this one is wild, licious, wild, exclamation point, cherry. Okay. So, so this is a, a stronger cherry taste than the cherry. Okay. Um, wow. So I don't know if we can go for a, someone who has a stronger Chris Tierney taste. Um, stronger Chris Tierney. <laughs> I, I don't even know what that would be or what that yeah. means necessarily. Uh, oh, it says this has strong cherry starburst notes. Well, that sounds way better. I would rather my cherry stuff, because it, it's, you know, it's all fake, right? I'd rather it in fake stuff taste like a cherry starburst than a, you know, the fake cherry pretending to be fruit. Right, you know, right. Know who you are, in my opinion. Um, and I kind of like that, knowing who you are, knowing your role. I'm going to go with, uh, going to go with uh, Matt Nieto. Because, oh, no, we already did Matt Nieto. We did Nieto. We did no. Nieto. Yeah. Oh. We did yeah. All right, all right, all right. I'm, I'm circling back. So we've got, we've got uh, Mikel Bodker, Melker Carlson. Um, oh. Hmm. Justin Braun, still available. Um, oh, Justin Braun might be a good guy for this. Aaron Dell still available. Uh, anyone else? This is highly scientific, as you can all tell. Yeah, I know. I thought at the beginning maybe about making a list, but I decided, no, I'm definitely not doing that. Uh, okay, okay. Well, if those guys... Who is the most wild, delicious wild cherry? I mean, it's probably Justin Braun, uh, based on the factors that I was using to use Matt Nieto. So I'm gonna I'm gonna use I'm gonna use yeah, Justin. Yeah, I, I, I like Justin Broad. He's got a little bit of a I I wouldn't say a wild side, but you know he's he's always the like the funny one who if one of the defensemen around him is getting interviewed, he's gonna make like a funny quip like in the background and be like oh ho like talking to him like you know he, he seems like he has some fun he he's, he he chirps the guys a little bit yeah I like I like Justin Broad. Yeah. You have to have uh, have to have some fun playing with uh, Mark Edward Vlasic because Vlasic will also absolutely do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they uh, both do. They're, they're the so good for each other. Uh, so uh, there's there's only one left. Oh gosh. To, and it's uh, it's blue raspberry. Okay. Um. Okay. Okay. So this is a flavor that is unnatural, doesn't exist in nature, shouldn't be good by any definition. But it's usually pretty good when I've had it. Um, so I really, if Mikel Bodker had put up like 20 goals this year, that's what I would have picked here. But since he's got uh, one. He's got four. Four, four five, I think. Five? Yeah. Four? He, how four? many does he have? Four. Let me look at it. 
It's very few. It's not good. I'm still going to say Mikhail Bodker because he's uh, he's Danish, right? That's not a real country. Yes, he is. He is Danish. Yeah, yep. That is absolutely a made-up place. Four points this year. Two in his last three games, I believe. Yeah. Yes. I saw him get one. It's amazing An assist, in person. Yep. So, he's also Mikhail Bodker and Blue Raspberry. And it is perfect that we are leaving Arendelle off of the Pop-Tart list. And Melker Carlson. Like Pete DeBoer. Oh. Yeah. Is there a oh, – you know what? There is, and it wasn't on this list, but there was definitely like a uh, – some kind of like a, a vanilla-flavored one, and that's Melker Carlson, which I don't mean as an insult, although I normally would when I say vanilla. I mean it because I think of vanilla, I think of milk, and I think milk, Melker, Milkman, Milkman. And so that's what Melker Carlson gets. Arendelle gets gets nothing. I'm sorry, Aaron. This is uh, the Pete DeBoer treatment. You get a, I don't know, a toaster strudel or something. <laughs> I like Swaco. it. Yeah, I like it. I cannot believe there's still eight people watching this. What are you guys doing? Yeah, I, God bless you guys. Wow, holy Jesus Christ. Okay, well, you guys are uh, really just the You're best. You're the real heroes. Yeah, God knows it's not us. If anyone's still listening at this point, you're also the real hero. Yeah, and uh, hey, if you have any hot Pop-Tart takes, you can send them to, uh, to my email, fearthefin at gmail.com. I would love to hear them. Honestly, at this point, you, uh, you know, you've earned the right to, to send them to me. Uh, all right, so let's, uh, let's wrap this sucker up. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at Jake Sundstrom. You can follow Marcus on Twitter at Marcus P. White. You can. And you can follow us uh, on uh, Twitter at fearthefin. And uh, yeah, that'll that'll do it. We'll uh, we'll talk to you guys again uh, once we have some games to talk about again. So uh, enjoy some some days off. Uh, we maybe will as well. All right, we'll talk to you guys later. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.